On Friday, my wife and I were watching our normal Friday night program, ABC's 2020. And this Friday night, the the program really stuck out to us, to me personally. It was the special with Diane Sawyer called My Reality, The Hidden America. This special revealed the unfortunate reality of the diminishing middle class that is developed by hardworking families. You see, it's the chase for the American dream that for many of us is becoming more of a dream rather than a potential reality. And on this TV special, they travel the country to see stories like a firefighter who lives in Pennsylvania. This gentleman works three jobs, his firefighting job and two paramedic jobs. He works on average 104 hours every week just to pay the bills and provide for his family. Chasing the American dream has created giants in our life. You know, so often we we are struggling, struggling with it. But the truth is this, all of us has giants in our life. It could be the economic struggles that we may have, but there are many other uh, giants that we tend to have. Maybe it's health situations. Maybe it's difficult people. Maybe it's the fear of what this world is coming to. Whatever it might be, we face giants all the time in our life. And so often, if you're like me, we get knocked around and we get beat down because of the giants we face. And for me, as giants approach, I find strength in this rock. You see, this rock stands for confidence. This rock stands for strength. This rock stands for hope and for victory because this rock I collected several years back in Israel at the Valley of Elah. Here was the location of a significant battle that changed the course of history. You see, where this rock was collected from, there was a dried up area where a stream used to run through. And it was in this area where a young boy stepped up to be a difference maker and he changed the course of history. This story is found in 1 Samuel chapter 17, and it's a story about a young boy by the name of David who faced a giant named Goliath. If you're not familiar with this story, let me give you a quick overview of what happened. At the beginning of 1 Samuel 17, David and Goli- uh, David was with his father, Jesse, and he was there, and they were, they were focusing on their, the flocks and the herds and, and the cattle and the sheep and everything else that goes into farming, and his brothers were off in battle. And David called his brothers up and he said, or, or, da- or Jesse called David up and said, I want you to go check on your brothers and I want you to see how they're doing. Here's a basket of food to go to make sure that they are okay. And so David gla- gathered the basket of food. He went to the valley where the battle was supposed to be happening, saw the most amazing scene. Nothing was happening. He saw the army and the warriors that, that he grew up believing in and trusting in and, and respecting, just standing there, and the Philistine army on the other side, standing there, and a giant in the middle challenging the Israelite army. And David was wondering what was going on, and, and he was disappointed with it. And going fast forwarding through the story, David couldn't take it anymore, and he went down to fight. And I love this verse in 1 Samuel 17, verse 48, as the Bible shares, as Goliath moved closer to attack... David quickly ran out to meet him. I love that verse. And we're going to circle around back there because I, I, I read that verse and I still wonder, where did David find this courage? This young boy, where did he find the strength to do that? 
to run towards this, this giant. It's one thing from a distance to act tough. But when you're face to face with a giant, it's easy to turn into the cowardly lion. You know, we all struggle with that from time to time. When we face giants in our life, we run and we hide and we just hope that maybe tomorrow they'll just disappear, that it will just go away. You know, this is what happened when I was a child and in my neighborhood, there was an older boy that lived down the street and, and he was always acted like a tough guy and he was a bit of a bully and he always challenged all the boys in the neighborhood to a fight and different things like that. Like, meet me down at the tracks and, and, and we'll see how things are, th- we'll see how we can take care of things. And me, I always try to do the nice talk. You know, I, this boy was older, he was stronger, and I didn't want to get into it with him because I knew how it would end. And so I just backed off, and, and I usually ran away and hide because he intimidated me. That is until my cousin showed up. My cousin is older, stronger, and when this boy came around when my cousin was in the yard, my cousin took care of it. And when my cousin was standing there, I became the tough guy. Yeah, we can take you. You ain't nothing. You, you got nothing on us. But as soon as my cousin left, you know where I was? I was in the house. There was no way I was going out there. See, the reality is this. I think we all struggle with it. Giants are scary. This world can be a pretty devastating and scary place. And many times we live in fear. And we live in the idea that there is no hope. And we hope that tomorrow will be different and we, 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 we try to just hide until it all goes away. But David had something significant. He had something significant that I think can provide for us and give us the ability to overcome the giants in our life. Because we need to find the ability to do so. Here's the first lesson that we can learn, the key to overcoming giants in our life. The first thing is you need to know the enemy. You need to know the enemy. As a kid, I enjoyed the cartoon series, G.I. Joe. This show was awesome, and regularly at the end of the shows, G.I. Joe would tell us something very important to encourage us as young men growing up to face our battles. And G.I. Joe would always say, knowing is half the battle. This is such great words of wisdom from this cartoon show because what the reality is, so often we lose our battles because we don't know the enemy. Half the battle, half the victory comes in knowing who they are. In other words, if we don't understand the giants, if we don't know the enemy, we have no real chance in victory. None whatsoever. Look at David's enemy in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 4 through 7. The Bible reads, Then Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He wore a bronze helmet, and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor, and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy and thick as a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron spearhead and weighed 15 pounds. His armor barrier walked ahead of him carrying a shield. You got to understand, Goliath was a trained warrior. He was feared across all the political boundary lines of the day. They knew who he was. He was mean. He was fierce. In other words, this was a bad dude. I, I mean, he was bad stuff. Reminds me in the 80s when I used to watch the boxer Mike Tyson. 
You know, I used to love to watch him because I thought Mike Tyson is a bad dude. He was feared by all the other boxers. In fact, it was reported that there were boxers that were unwilling to step in the ring with him because they were so scared of him. And when boxers did, they usually bowed out pretty quickly because of his fierce battle line. Now, before Will Smith was the actor, he was the fresh prince. And back in 1989, he and along with his sidekick, DJ Jazzy Jeff, wrote the song, I Think I Can Beat Mike Tyson. It was awesome. And this song opened up with some laughing and jeering with these words. Let me tell you, I went to his fight a couple months ago. I seen him hit this boy, and he hit this boy so hard, his head flew off into the 18th row. This was awesome in 89, I'm just telling you. But you know, back in the 80s, there were so many stories going around about Iron Mike Tyson's dominance. The question was never, can this fighter actually beat him? The question was always, how long would this boxer actually be able to stand on his feet against Mike Tyson? That is until Buster Douglas. But that's a whole other story for another time. But going back to the story in the Bible, the same thing was happening with this man, Goliath. See, there were similar stories at that time about this giant that just filtered all throughout the land and within the camps of all the soldiers, so much so that trained warriors were completely unwilling to step out and fight him. They heard the stories. They heard about what this man has done and what he's capable of doing, and they didn't want any piece of him. They saw this giant of a man, and they simply trembled in fear. They trembled in fear. These men walked in fear. In other words, they walked defeated. Let me ask you a question. How often in your life do you walk defeated? Do you walk in such a way where you have giants that you're dealing with and you say, there is no hope? There is no hope to this. There is no answer. I have no way out. And all I need to do is is deal with it and move on. I'm just walking defeated. That's what the Israelite soldiers were doing at this time. And quite frankly, I think that's what a lot of us do today. I know at times I struggle with it when the giants face me. But going back to the story, what if I were to suggest to you that their real enemy on that day was not Goliath. He was not the real enemy. Did you know that? What if I would suggest to you that there is more, a more serious enemy that was just using this Philistine warrior simply as a tool for his main agenda? You see, the reality is this. The true enemy is behind the physical scenes in the spiritual world, and his name is Satan, Lucifer. It is the devil. And there is a fierce battle going on every day for your soul. That's the enemy. That is the battle. And until we realize that, we will lose every war that we face. We will, because the battle is not there. And that's what David understood. And that's what David knew. It's not the physical issues that we face. It's not our health problems. It's not our job situations. It's not finances. It's not other people. It's not the the circumstances that we see going on around us politically or around this world. That is not the enemy. The enemy is beyond that. Look what Paul writes, the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 6. He says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, 
but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. You see, your enemy is not that person in front of you or the health situations or whatever it is like we already talked about. Our enemy, the real struggle, is against the forces of the devil in the spiritual world. That's the enemy. And Paul went on in Ephesians chapter 6. This isn't in your notes, but I encourage you to read it sometime by telling us to put on the full armor of God because we are in a battle. This is not some cool little children's church dialogue. This is a heavy-duty, real, get-ready-for-battle type of stuff. To give you a quick idea of what Paul is talking about, he said the full armor of God is this, the belt of truth that we need to put on us. In other words, we need to know collectively as a church and individually the truth of who is God, who is Jesus, and who he is to us by hiding his word into our hearts so we can understand what it is and that we can guide, his truth will guide us. And then Paul says to put on the breastplate of righteousness. In other words, we need to strive to be right before God. That happens in the choices that we make and the decisions that we make in our life that we honor God with who we are. And then Paul says to fit our, our feet with the readiness of the gospel of peace, that we find peace and strength in the gospel of who Jesus is and have the shield of faith. In other words, the faith is what guides us. We don't know how it's going to end. We don't know all the answers, but we know God is there and we're going to continue to follow him. And then he says to put on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit is what we use to move forward. That, my friends is the armor of God. And this is something that David, as a young boy, understood. He was not overwhelmed with fear because he was protected by the living and active and real God, and he knew what the real enemy was all about. He understood that. And somewhere along the line, the whole Israelite army lost the focus of that. They did. They made Goliath and the Philistines their enemies. And they lost sight of what the real enemy was and who he was and what he was trying to do. Now, before going out into battle, King Saul tried to get David to wear his armor. And David tried it on. He didn't like it, and he took it off. And in worldly wisdom, David was going into the battle completely unprotected. He was not being smart. He was being foolish. He was going to get himself killed and in trouble. But in spiritual wisdom, David was proclaiming that there is absolutely nothing in this world that will give me the ability to defeat this man. This is a God-sized problem, and victory only comes through God. There is no other way. There is no other way. David chose to not live in his fears. David was unwilling to walk around in defeat. David moved forward with absolutely full trust in the God that he served. So my question for us, do we trust Jesus enough just like that? Do we trust him enough that says, you know what? I know that there is nothing in this world that has the ability to fully protect me. That only comes through Jesus. There's no other way. You know, do we trust him enough? This is all about fear. We cannot let fear win, as it did with the Israelite soldiers. We cannot continue to walk defeated in our personal journeys. We need to understand the real situation, what's going on. And once we know the enemy, secondly, we need to understand the battleground. 
We need to understand the battleground. Let's go back to the story in 1 Samuel 17, verse 26. It's written here. David asked the soldier standing nearby, what will a man get for killing the Philistines and ending his defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyway that he is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? You see, I think this man understood something that most grown-ups simply fail to see. We grow up and we fail to see this truth. Our giants, our battleground, is a battleground within our own heart. That's the real battleground. The Israelite soldiers were losing it. And in their heart of hearts, they no longer believed that they had the ability to have victory. David, in his heart of hearts, believed in God. And this is what happens for us today. We don't understand the battleground is in our heart. And spiritually, our hearts become unhealthy. And it begins to decay. And we're all prone to that. And it happens for all of us in our journeys. And when we allow our hearts to decay or spiritually become unhealthy, what that happens is then we start to see the world and see reality in a tainted way, in our own, through our own lenses, rather than the lens of God. And then what happens is it changes our attitudes. And our attitudes sour. And our attitudes go down the tubes. And then that leads to poor choices. And those poor choices choices just then bring unfortunate circumstances into our life. And then we find ourselves in an endless circle. And we create the battleground in other ways. And we neglect the reality that the battleground is in my own heart. And until I deal with that, until I understand that, my opportunity of victory it's going to be difficult. It's going to be a challenge. Look what uh, Paul writes in Romans 12, verse 21. He says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. We struggle today. We struggle just in, in general as, as humans. And that is, in our heart of hearts, whether you realize it or not, we often believe that evil is greater than good. Now, you may say, Bill, no, I don't, I don't believe that. I know good is better. Well, let's use our lives and our choices as a template of this argument. Because when someone wrongs you or when bad things happen, what's your first reaction? See, usually... Our first reaction is to get even, to get back, to have the last word, whatever it might be. And in so doing, what you are proclaiming, whether you realize it or not, evil is better than good. I'm going to win this battle through evil. And guess what? You may win that short battle in your life, but ultimately you're losing the war. You're losing it because the battle is our heart. The battle is beyond this physical world. And we cannot allow the hardships of our life to destroy our hearts and allow evil to set in. We need to, to understand who God is for us, just like David did. That we will find strength in who he is. So once we know the enemy, and once we understand the battleground, fi battleground finally, you need to find your confidence. You need to find your confidence so my question to you right now is, where do you search for confidence? Where do you search for it? Is it in your retirement plan? 
Is it in your job status? Is it in the healthcare system? Is it in some relationship that you have in your life or some other way? You see, oftentimes we search for confidence in all these other things. But unfortunately, when we do that, we find ourselves in with a life of emptiness and frustration because honestly, all those things at some point fail us. They fail us. And maybe you've already experienced that. But going back to the story, these trained soldiers, they were overwhelmed with fear. They walked defeated. There was not one person that was willing to take on this giant. There was not one person that became so upset with this giant that was defying the God that they serve that they were willing to risk their lives to take him on. There was not one soldier willing to walk down that hill and go talk to this giant or go man up with him. There was not one except for this little 12-year-old boy. It's amazing to me, the confidence that he had. Look what the Bible says about the soldiers in verse 24 of our story. As soon as the Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. This is what it means to walk defeated. This is what it means to live a life of fear. Like the boxers who faced Mike Tyson and the soldiers in this valley at, in, in this time period, in their heart of hearts, they believed that they had no chance to win, that there was no hope. They believed there, that victory was not possible, and so they just walked defeated. And so circling back around to us today, are you walking in life defeated? Are you walking in such a way where you feel like there is no hope in the circumstances that you're facing? Are you walking in such a way that you just feel beat down and knocked down? See, the, the Israelites' soldiers struggled, but let's compare that to David's response in verses 32 through 37 of 1 Samuel 17. Look at David. David, don't worry about the Philistines, David told Saul. I'll go fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. And when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it with this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. So what is the difference what is the difference in how this young boy was able to have full, confidence, full confidence, unlike these trained warriors? It all boils down to one thing. Where do you find your confidence? Where do you find your confidence? Going back to that question, we need to be honest with ourselves. Where are you searching for your confidence in life? David found confidence in God because he remembers how God came through for him in the past. Do you see what he told King Saul? He said, Saul, I know I have the opportunity for victory. Why? Because when I was in the field, I saw God. I saw how he came through. When the bears came, he gave me the strength to take it on. When the lion struck, he gave me the ability to take it down. I know that how God came through then, he will come through again, and I have confidence in that. At some point, 
we need to remember what God has done for us. So often we struggle in walking confidence because we suffer with spiritual amnesia. You know, it's, it's God blessed me today and tomorrow I completely forgot about it. And, and it all just comes back and hits me. Well, do me a favor. When you see the blessings of God and God come through, write it down. Remember it. Use it as an encouragement in future hardships. But maybe you're sitting there saying, I don't think God has ever come through for me. I don't think God has ever blessed me. But you know what? I bet he has. And so often because our focuses are on other things or the giant, we miss out on the reality of God's blessings in our life. Look what's written in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. In other words, what Paul is saying, God is on our side. He comes through. God does not promise that we will never face a giant in our lives. He doesn't promise that. And so often we feel that we are not experiencing God's blessing simply because we say, well, I have a giant I'm dealing with, a hardship in my life, and because of this, God is just not there. He's failing me. Well, God never promised that there would be the absence of giants. He never promised that. In fact, he promised that Jesus promised in the New Testament that we will have hardships in our life. But what God did promise is that when the giants come, through him we have hope. Through him we have ability. Like Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians, we may be persecuted, but we won't be abandoned. We may be struck down, but we will not be destroyed. That's God's promise. No matter the hardships that we face, we will have the, victor, the ability to have victory in our life. God is not failing us, and sometimes God's waiting for us to fully trust him and walk with him so that he can reveal his blessings to us. And until we do so, we may be missing out. See, David knew this. David understood this, and he faced that giant. Now, we don't have time to go through all the details of, the, of, the, of this battle. It's, so, it's such an amazing story, and I encourage you to read this chapter at some point. But let me give you the really quick highlights of this battle. Look at your notes. Um, first of all, as, as, as we said earlier, David was unwilling to wear the uncomfortable soldier garb and used what he knew. In, for, in verses 39 and 40 of uh, Samuel 17, it says, I can't go in these, he protested to Saul. I'm not used to them. So David took them off again. He picked up five smooth stones from a stream and put them into his shepherd's bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistine. From there, David took his usual tools. He said, forget that stuff. I'm gonna take my shepherd's staff, my sling. I'm gonna pick up these five smooth stones from the stream and I'm going out to do business. I'm going out to this battle. And then like any great fight, it started with some good old-fashioned taunting. Look what Goliath said to David in verses 41 through 44. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this ruddy-faced boy. He said, am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his gods. Come over here and I'll give, you, give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals, Goliath yelled. Then David replied, these aren't in your notes, I encourage you to read it, in his good 12-year-old little boy voice, he said, I come at you in the power of the living God. Like my 12-year-old voice? Very good, right? 
And then it happened. Coming back to this verse that we started with. As Goliath moved closer to attack, David quickly ran out to meet him. This verse reveals confidence. It reveals strength. It reveals trust that David had in God. He ran to face his giant. And with just the stone, he took him out. Now, for those of you who grew up in church, you may have, in your children's church times, you heard that song where it goes, and it went round and round and round and round. You know that song? Well, it really didn't do that because if it did, it would knock David out. He would have hit himself in his face, knocked down, that would have been over. But what happened in, in, in those times, the sling hangs down to about your knee on the side of here, and he had the rock in there, and the Bible describing as David ran towards the giant, he just stopped and just one flip of the wrist, and he threw that rock. This trained boy taking on the lions and the bears used that one fling. He nailed Goliath right in the head. Goliath fell face down to the ground. And this is where it gets gruesome. The Bible is a pretty gruesome book. Then David stands over Goliath. He takes the sword, and the Bible says that he killed him by cutting off his head. And then David took his head and carried it around. And at that moment, all the Philistines then shook in fear. And they did, what are, what's going on? What are you going to do? And they ran. And the Israelites, who were all scaredy cats, now said, we can do this. And so then they went, and they went after the Philistine army. And Saul was going, who is that boy? Who is he? I need to know who he is. Bring him to me. And I love this. The Bible says that then David came to King Saul with Goliath's head in his hands. Isn't that amazing? Hey, Saul, how you doing? And that began the journey that Pastor Steve talked about last week that set the cycle of David becoming the next king of Israel. It's amazing. Here's the truth. It's not in your notes, but listen to this. God is often waiting to bless us for when we walk in confidence with him. And so often we miss the blessings because we are not walking in confidence in who he is, that he will be by our side. The point is this. Jot this down in your notes. Strength comes from knowing who you are and whose you are. That's where strength comes. It comes from knowing who you are and whose you are. My friends, you are a child of God. And for those of us who have given our lives to Jesus... We have the Spirit of God living in us that leads us and guides us. And the Bible says that he will protect us, that he will be by our sides, that he will watch over us, that he will be our strength. So it's time for us to put off the confidence in this world and put our confidence in the creator of this world. Because then and only then will we find the strength to pursue and to move forward. So what about you? Do you walk in confidence? Or are you walking defeated? Today is the day where you can find victory and hope. It only comes through Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you because you are by our side. You are with us every step of the way. And Lord God, we know I know for me, so many times I walk defeated. And Lord, so many of us do. But help us to find confidence through you.
no matter what this world throws at us, no matter what giants we face. Lord, we have victory through you and help us to see the real battle, the real battle of our heart, the real, the real enemy of what Satan is trying to do. And may we obey you and follow you and put on your full armor. And Lord God, may you guide us towards your victory and your truth. We give, we give you all the glory. It's in your name we pray. Amen.